This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I know you'll be alright, even when times get hard, and you feel like you're in the dark, you will see just how beautiful life can be when you soften your heart. You can finally start to live your truthiest life. Welcome back to The Truthiest Life. This is going to be a little solo episode, an impromptu solo episode that came about because I have been sharing more and more that my husband, Evan, doctor, works really crazy hours. And this is nothing new to our life. I've been with Evan for six and a half years through three different fellowships and now his real career, his job. Different doctors have different um, actual hours when they see patients and some of them work nine to five. That's just not the case for my husband. But the more I share this, the more I hear from people how do you deal with this? And it's not just coming from people who are married to doctors or partners of doctors. It is coming from really anyone who has a partner that has crazy hours, whether they're in finance or restaurants or whatever it is out there. So it seems that it's way more common than I thought. So my living reality is much of who surrounds me, their partners have been home with them for the past year and they're actually going crazy that their partners are home too much. Whereas that's obviously not the case for many of us whose partners work jobs that they still go to or maybe they are home, but they're locked in a room the entire time and you still don't see them. So I think that this can apply to way more people than I realized and it was really comforting for me to hear that I'm kind of not the only one because again, my living reality is a lot of my friends, partners are work really normal hours <laughs> and a lot of them have also like have their partners in their home. So that's kind of like a double thing going on and then a triple 
situation that has kind of made this a bit more challenging for me has been that my day-to-day looks really different than it used to. So years one through five of being with Evan, uh, my time was occupied by a lot of different things that it no longer is occupied by because of the pandemic. Um, taking precautions pretty seriously now that I'm pregnant, taking them even more seriously. So my socializing with other human beings, my human interactions are quite limited other than seeing my partner. So it has created a more noticeable difference in being alone and the struggles that kind of come with that. So this is for anyone who has a partner that has challenging work hours, or perhaps you are the partner with the work hours and you just want to improve your relationship. So I think that that leaves a lot of us (laughs) in this room, in this conversation. I have been thinking about how to communicate this with my audience for a while. And I just want to make it really clear that I personally and Evan and I together don't have this all figured out. Trust me, we are not goals at all, but we have grown a lot as a couple. Uh, We have been doing this for a long time, and I do think that we have improved in so many ways that make me feel really proud of us. And that doesn't mean that we don't fight. We actually probably fight way more than you think, but we know how to communicate We know how to find a healthy resolution. The time it takes to reach that healthy resolution is way faster than it used to be because they don't turn into blowout fights because of the way that we are communicating and some of the strategies I hope to share today. And we really try to support each other as individuals and as a unit together. So... These are all things that I have definitely learned by the error portion of trial and error. I'm 32 and a half years old, and I've been with Evan since I was about 25, 26. So just maturity-wise, going through the motions, I feel like I really have learned a lot, and I feel really confident in some of the things that only time has been able to teach me when it comes to relationship improvement. I guess this is kind of the word I'm going to go with here. So my plan today is to just provide a couple of tips that are always in the back of my mind, uh, really the front of my mind, and how we make the most of our time together, which the fact of the matter is it is just a little bit of time where I'm not going to change that. I know what I walked into with this relationship. I really respect that actually, because I respect what my husband does. And it's not just because he's a doctor. Your partner is in a career where it's not literally life-saving. It's still important that you value what your partner does. And that's how I feel about Evan valuing my work. Just because my work isn't as quote unquote important as his um, when it comes to life or death If he were to make me feel like my work was less than, that wouldn't work. So respecting your partner's work, I think, is key, especially if it's something that is not going to change. Only your relationship to supporting them in that role can change. All right, so here are some things that have really helped me and I think therefore helped us. I'm definitely, when it comes to the two of us, the more introspective person, the one that 
Um, Evan does a lot of like inner work. He does. He, he's changed and evolved so much. But I think my practice of inner work is a bit more formal because I have the time to make it a little bit more formal. So I'm always just reflecting back and taking notes and trying to bring what I've learned with me into the next situation. So the number one thing that I'm going to lead with today is that it's really hard to live parallel lives for most of the time like we do, and then come together in the evenings or the weekends and expect to kind of know how to dance together perfectly right away. Oftentimes for us, Evan doesn't get home very late until the evening and we get one hour together, if even. It's been more challenging the last couple of months, but that means we're really not finding our flow each night and we really count on the weekends to do so. But like I said, when we're kind of living these parallel lives, meaning we don't cross paths very often during the week, and then all of a sudden it's our time together to cross paths, it can be really hard for both of us to get out of who we are in our parallel lives and find that part where we come together as quickly as I wish that it took. So accept that finding your flow is going to take time and resist the urge to judge what's happening in those initial hours or perhaps full day, maybe even two days, which I know is like the whole weekend. So it's really, really hard to even say that. But the less attached you are to, oh my God, why doesn't this feel good? This isn't going right. The more you could actually just say, okay, this actually makes sense. It's going to be hard for either of us to get out of work mode or out of our lives of who we are when we're not with each other and figure out how to re-dance together again. It's like two parts of your brain and it and figuring out the right steps to make it back is hard. And I've noticed for us at this point, again, six years in, it oftentimes takes a solid 24 hours for us to find that natural groove where we're like, you know, the, the me and Evan that I, that makes my heart, you know, kind of feel so secure. And that doesn't mean that I'm insecure in those other moments, but it just takes literally a lot of time for us to find those moments where our eyes meet and we are laughing over stupid things and we're just having fun. So I accept that and it really only makes sense that we both need to kind of decompress for a minute and then relearn how we come together without bringing in the outside stuff. So accept that finding your flow takes time. That's my number one piece of advice. My second piece of advice, which is even more important than the first, is don't put your relationship in the pressure cooker. With limited time together, that is the easiest and most natural thing to do. We want to make the time count, and you should want to make the time count, but you have to realize the mindset and the energy that you're bringing forth when you're in this scarcity mindset of we only have the weekend or we only have one night together. Maybe you're a long distance couple, whatever it is, or we only have a week together out of the whole year, what, whatever it is. And instead, you have to recognize that the time will count no matter how small and limited it is if you don't bring that mindset to it. So the best thing you could do is really start to notice when you feel it creeping in. Because like I said in the beginning, I'm not perfect with any of this stuff. And each day is a new opportunity for me to recognize where I'm bringing 
that stuff in. And even this past weekend, I found myself really feeling, Evan had a 12 day stretch of work and we were just so disconnected. We really needed it. And I found myself wanting to gobble it all up and make it so exciting. And then, you know, getting frustrated when it wasn't going perfectly and that turning into something so much more than it was. So I like to set a little bit of an intention on the usually Saturday morning together, really like, what do you want to bring forward to the weekend, Lisa? And then I might even ask Evan, what do you want to bring into this weekend, Evan? This weekend, I asked Evan what he wanted to bring in. And I think he said, peace and fun. And for me, I really wanted to bring calm energy. And by voicing what I want, he knows what I want. And by voicing what he wants, I know what he wants. And in the moments where that gets lost, where it's not so peaceful, it's not so fun, the energy is not calm, I can kind of say, okay, this, this doesn't feel like calm energy. I might say it out loud. And that's kind of our cue. Not that like, I don't like how you're acting or this relationship isn't working for me, you know, big things that we might say when we're feeling really frustrated. It's our cue to just, okay, let's reset. Let's get back to Saturday morning before we got out of bed, before the day picked up, before the little frustrations and things that could go wrong went wrong. Can we reconnect to that? So I'm a big fan of setting an intention in the beginning of the day together if you can. And knowing that returning to that is a beautiful thing. And there's not going to be a situation where you have an intention and that's carried through perfectly. The point of an intention is so that you have that anchor to bring you home. So that really helps me. Don't put your relationship on that pressure cooker. Even if you only have a limited amount of time, recognize that you're going to fall trapped to that mindset and make your way back home. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. 
the ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. Next piece of advice that I have is to actually use your limited time together to communicate the things that are perhaps not working in the relationship. So in other words, communicate when things are good. And this is something that I really didn't understand for a long time. Um, you know, when we were relaxed and calm and having fun and in that beautiful flow, the last thing I wanted to do was interrupt it with, oh, well, this little thing bothered me back on Wednesday, five days ago. It feels kind of irrelevant. But if it's still kind of bubbling in me from Wednesday and I don't discuss it when things are good in a calm state, I'm missing out on a really good opportunity to not let that little bubble turn into a bigger piece of resentment. And I'm not going to I'm going to bring that forward probably into another fight. So I think that we really are afraid to discuss our deep needs when things are really good because we're afraid of how they'll be met. But I can't stress enough, at least in my experience, how much better things are well-received when things are calm and the beautiful foundation that can be set when people are in a place where they can listen, which is usually when things are good, not when you're fighting. So it's not every you know time we have fun that I bring up serious talk, but I'm not afraid to bring up serious talk and spoil a perfectly good moment because I find that that perfectly good moment is made even richer and there's a deeper form of connection. So that's really cool. And I have found that my partner is particularly effective at responding to this type of communication. And I always see a change in how, what happens next, whatever was bothering me usually doesn't repeat again because we've really ironed out that bubble that doesn't work for me. And I will also then ask him, is there anything that I could do? And sometimes there could be, and sometimes there's not, but giving somebody else the opportunity who may not have even consciously been holding on to some sort of a grudge or a feeling of resentment gives them the opportunity to kind of tap into that internal dialogue and say, oh, well, I would actually really like if I saw more of this. I would really like if Evan said the, today, the other day, I'd really like if we saw my parents more. Um, and I love his parents. It's just been kind of pandemic and one thing led to another and it happens to be a really long time since we saw them. So, you know, my next question is going to be how, how can I make that happen? Or how do you feel that I have been getting in the way of that? So having these conversations allow us to really show that we're listening and make the changes necessary to then reflect that our behavior shows that we were really listening. My next piece of information is to really know the difference between feeling lonely and being alone. I think a lot of us are afraid of being alone. It has, we haven't really been living in a, in a society where we've been taught that it's okay to be alone or it's okay to be still. I think we're all very afraid of stillness and I love being alone. It's, it's something that I almost pre-pandemic, I'm going to say, miss about being in a partnership. I used to take myself out for dates all the time. And it's something I still would do even when Evan and I were together. Just now I'm not taking myself out as much, but I guess I go for coffee dates, but really like a formal meal for myself is something I would even do um, even after we were married. And 
I do love being alone, but I think that other people don't know the difference necessarily between being alone and being lonely. And it's very easy to say when you're alone very much that you are lonely. And that might be the case, but there are some instances when you are alone, but you're not necessarily lonely. That being said, when you are lonely, that is such a, uh, such an awful feeling. I had it, um, Friday, two nights ago, I'm recording this on a Monday, uh, after Evan's 12 day stretch. And I really thought he was going to be home for dinner Friday night. And we're going to kick off the weekend and six o'clock rolled around seven, eight, nine. And I was waiting to have dinner with him. And I really felt a deep feeling of loneliness. The last thing I like to do is put pressure on him, especially when he is, you know, going to be off for the next two days. And I know he's all he's doing is calling his patients back and giving everybody the results that I hoped I would get as a patient or my parent would get if, if they were his patient or, you know, the care, the good care that every human deserves. But oh my gosh, did the lonely hit for me. It's really important that I'm able to say, ouch, this hurts. This is loneliness and tell myself that this hurts, period. Not try and brush away the loneliness. When friends ask, how's everything? You know, things are good, but... I am feeling lonely. And so I reach out to friends. I tried that method <laughs> last Friday night. I ended up um, going to pick up the dinner because I realized by the time he picked up the dinner and came back home, it was going to be even longer and I was getting super hungry. And then on my way home from picking up the dinner, I actually passed his hospital and I was like, you know what? Why don't I just go sit in his office and eat with him? And we, I ended up doing that. So that's where we spent our Friday night date night in his office. And I was quiet and ate, but I was with him physically. So I just want everyone to kind of start to think about the difference between being alone and being lonely and separating out the two, recognizing that alone may not be such a bad thing. And loneliness is not a bad thing, but it is a really painful emotion uh, to experience and that, you know, it's isolating as humans, we are meant to be with other people in some capacity, especially this past year. There's so much less of the human interaction that we need. I think that those are kind of my top tips. I know this was a kind of a quick episode, but these are the things that really work for us. Um, again, just going over them really quickly, except that your flow is going to take time to find it. Don't put the pressure on when you have limited time together. Set an intention when you are together so that you can use that as an anchor to come back together when you just naturally kind of fall apart communicate during these times when things are good. I'll also mention that this is a really great time to communicate what is really working, what works for you, and not just the things that aren't working. Positive reinforcement goes really, really far. I would also know the difference between being lonely and being alone and find ways to reach out for support when you are feeling lonely. And be this one I haven't mentioned, but it's kind of when it comes to fighting, which I guess could be a whole other second episode. Maybe we'll kind of share that next. But in these moments when you do have limited time together, it is super important to be effective at fighting. And I don't mean not fighting. Uh, our fights bring us closer together. So not that I'm, you know, gunning for them, but I will say that when we have our fights, because they're not explosive, they do more repair than they do damage. 
I know that's kind of a really weird sentence, but they really do. And I want to encourage you because we're talking about communicating so much to pay particular attention to the language that you use when you are communicating your needs, whether that's using more I language, such as I feel versus you always do this, as well as language like always and never. Um, those are two things that we throw up into fights that cause the fights to become so much bigger than they are. And that becomes wasted time when you are together. So avoiding those big words, like you always do this, or you never do that. Or when's the last time you helped with the garbage, whatever it is, you know, stuff like that. The, the best thing you can do is communicate using I words. So I feel this way or asking perhaps, how did I make you feel that way? Again, I think that fighting could be its own second episode. If you like this episode, just let me know and we'll follow up with how to fight effectively, knowing that fights can be more reparative than they can be damaging. It took me a long time to learn this one as somebody who is terrified of confrontation, terrified of loud noises, terrified of screaming, terrified of curses. All that stuff makes me really shut down, lose my power, lose my words. And I can't tell you how much more how much better able I'm able to stay in the conversation now that I know that fighting can be clean, fighting can be healthy, fighting can be really helpful for the relationship. Even if it's a blow up fight that does happen to ruin a weekend, sometimes you need those. Not all the time because they're so ta taxing and tiring and exhausting, but sometimes those are perfectly okay also. So you let me know if you want an episode on fighting with your partner. hope that I came through as a friend sharing information of what helps me, not somebody that thinks that I have it all figured out. Um, I, I think it's super important to have respect for one another and each other's careers and also know your limits. So if you are somebody that is with somebody in a career that simply doesn't work for your needs, you need to know that. And especially if the person's career is not going to change or the hours might get worse. I think that it's important that you know what you need, what you can tolerate, what level of, of really being alone you can do. And be honest with yourself, if, especially if you're early on in a relationship, kind of trying to make it work. You don't need to make anything work. You need to always honor your needs because that's the only thing that's ever going to sustainably work. Those are my top tips for now. Feel free to message me with anything else that you may have thought of that I didn't. And I'd love if this episode is helpful for you to share it with your partner, your family, your friends on social media. That's kind of the best way to get the word out about the truthiest life, even though this was kind of a weird truthiest life episode. I do enjoy these little mini solo episodes too, especially when they're really casually done. This was something that I was going to turn into an Instagram post, but it's so much easier for me to explain verbally. I hope you like this episode and I hope that it improves your relationship. If it does have market change on your relationship or who you are as an individual, I'd certainly love to hear about it. Thanks for hanging with me and I'll see you next time. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually 
in person and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, you can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career And here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org.